Gareth. Come and join us. Um, Gareth is uh, going to be launching us this morning into our new series, which is called Tell. But I will let him tell you about it. Um, do you want me to pray for you? Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit, for Gareth. And I thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, as Gareth brings us your word this morning, would you uh, speak to our hearts this morning? Would you show us afresh who you are? Remind us of what you've done um, and of who we are in you. Thank you for Gareth. Would you bless him as he speaks to us now? Amen. Thank you, Philippa. She took my opening joke. <laughs> Gutted. I bet you can't tell what we've called it. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, moving on. We're in our first season, a new season. It's called Tell. And what we're going to do over the next nine weeks, we're going to be exploring what it looks like to be a family who are excited to go out and tell the good news of Jesus. And this series is hopefully going to help us to understand and remember that we are all part of God's story. And we're all called to join in with God's mission. And this mission is pretty simple. It's to go out and invite others to become a part of this story. And to see them sent out as well. And so these nine weeks, we're going to see how everything happens within the context of a relationship. You know, our relationship with God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus. And our relationship with one another as Christians. And then our relationship with those outside of the church. And so today, what we're going to do, we're going to look at the final, well, one of the final messages Jesus shared with his disciples. It's on a mountain in Galilee. And some of us will know these words. They're the final five verses of Matthew's gospel. And we're going to look at the journey the disciples went on to get to that mountain. You know, their journey to meet with Jesus, who was waiting for them on the mountain. What happened when they met Jesus on the mountain, and in the words he spoke to them on the mountain. So I'm just going to read Matthew 28, 16 through to 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So, Father, we thank you for these words. Open our ears and our hearts to receive from you today. Help us to understand more of who you really are. And for anyone this morning who is struggling with doubts and hesitations, draw near to them and speak to them. Amen. I I like magic shows. And just before COVID hit, I took my kids to see a show in the theatre. And there was one little problem. I bought the cheapest tickets you could get. And we ended up sitting at the very, very, very back of the theatre. And it was a little disappointing because... You couldn't see or hear anything that was happening, really. Um, But the show carried on, and as the show carried on, the tricks got better, and they began to improve, and my excitement began to join with those at the front of the audience. And towards the end of the show, the magician said, I'm now going to make someone disappear. And so my excitement was peaking. I was well into it. And everyone, so he gets this woman, he brings her up and he has a box and he gets her in this box and he wraps a chain around the box and he puts a padlock on it and then swords and sticks and then he raises a curtain for a few seconds and then drops it to reveal that she has disappeared. And those at the front of the audience were just, wow, that's amazing. Those in the middle, this is amazing. Those on the back row were a little less into it now, again. 
Because we could see above the curtain and we could see the box open at the back and the person crawl out and walk <laughs> off the stage. Man, yeah. I wish I paid a few more pounds. But anyway, my kids love. Anyway, and in a small way, we're in a similar moment in the Bible. You know, Jesus has been, he's been battered. And he's been crucified. And he's died. And he's been wrapped up. And he's been placed in a tomb. And a large stone has been rolled in front of this tomb. And now the Pharisees have got word that he's going to rise again in three days. So they're going to say, actually, we're going to stick some guards in front of this tomb to stop this from happening. You know, they're doing everything in their strength to stop it. And then everyone kind of sits back and everyone watches to see what's going to happen. Will Jesus rise again? And just as Jesus promised the disciples, three days later we're told an angel came down and removed the stone to reveal that Jesus was no longer there. And everyone's wondering, well, what happened? Even those who were told he is going to rise again are left wondering, did this really happen? And thankfully the writers don't just leave there and just kind of say, well, good luck everyone, off you go. But... We're in this period now of 40 days where Jesus keeps just randomly popping up in various places, just kind of showing people he's here, kind of just saying, hello, everybody, I'm here. And then he kind of disappears. And he's shown when he rose from the dead. He always disappears when it came time to clear up, though, I noticed, if you read the stories. And I would have been saying something. And then he appears to women. He then appears to disciples several times. He appears to two men on the road to Emmaus and eventually to over 500 people. But despite all this, people are still battling and they've still got doubts and they've still got fears. And the disciples who this kind of story is focusing on, they're wondering, did he really rise from the dead? And on top of this, the disciples are dealing with the fact that the religious leaders are trying everything they can to stop this. And on top of that, they're dealing with their own failures as well. No, every single one of them ran away and they left Jesus on his own. But Jesus knew this. And he knew all that the disciples were going through. And we can see from this story, he never wants to leave you in a place where you are in doubt, in hesitation, and where you're in fear. And where you're hiding. And so he has a plan and he always has a plan. And it doesn't matter how desperate our lives may get. He will always be one step ahead of you. And he's one step ahead of the disciples. And to see what that plan was, we need to go back a little bit to the first person he appeared to. He appeared to a person called Mary Magdalene, who in the world's eyes was just this nobody. But she's this incredible woman. She was there throughout the crucifixion. She was there at the burial. And she was the first person at the tomb. And she's the first person Jesus reveals himself to and the first person he speaks to. And he has a message for her. And this message is for her to take a message of hope to the disciples. Telling them that they needed to go to Galilee. Because he'll be there waiting for them. And so off she goes to find them. Finding them in a room hiding in fear. Wondering, did Jesus really rise again? Fearful of what is going to happen to them. Living with the fact that the religious leaders have now spread a rumor that they stole the body and hid it. And she tells them, you know, Jesus is waiting for you. He's on a mountain in Galilee. She gives them hope where there doesn't seem to be any hope. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to go out and go to people and give them hope where there seems to be no hope whatsoever. And so as these rumors grew that the the disciples stole the body, 
And knowing that the Pharisees are trying everything they can to stop this movement, they listen to Mary's words and they get up and they decide to leave Jerusalem, to leave behind the distractions and the voices and go. They literally had nowhere else to go as well. And we can be like that in life. And they're hoping that Mary's words are true. That Jesus will be waiting for them. And so they make an 80-mile trip back to Galilee, returning to the place where Jesus had originally called them to follow him, where he told them, you will be fishers of men. And when they get there, they go to that mountain. And throughout the Gospels, especially in Matthew, the mountain is so important because it's so much happened on there. It's the place where Jesus first chose them. It's the place where they heard the Sermon on the Mount, where they saw incredible healings, where they saw thousands upon thousands of people fed. And then they realized that the baskets will never go empty. It's where three of them saw Jesus transfigured and where they saw Jesus so often go alone to be with God. And so where are you today? You know, are you just about holding on? Are you struggling to believe that actually this is true with all that's happening around us? Or do you just feel messed up? Then this invitation is for you as well. You are invited. Everyone is invited to go and meet with Jesus, to go to that mountain. And the moment you decide to go, what you need to realize is that he is there and he is waiting for you. And that's what we get from this story. As soon as they arrived on the mountain, who is there? Jesus. And he's waiting for them. He's waiting to speak into their lives again. In the midst of their doubts and their fears and their hesitations, He wants to speak to them. And not only that, he wants to commission them because he wants them to carry on this work. A group of people who ran away from him in fear. He says, I want you to carry on this work. However, they arrive at a mountain and the Bible says some of them were worshipping but some of them were doubting still. And they're not sure if it was the 11 or if there was more but we know the 11 were there for sure. You know, the doubts they had were the same doubts and hesitations that came upon Peter when he stepped out of that boat and began to walk on water. And then he looked to the winds and the waves and he began to sink. You know, that hesitation came upon him when he looked at the winds and the waves and he sank. And once more, the disciples, they've taken their eyes off Jesus. They've stopped listening to what he has said. And they're looking at all that's going on around them. But what happened with Peter on that water? He cried out. And he said, Jesus, I'm sinking. And what did Jesus do? He drew near to him and he grabbed hold of him. You know, and the same again on this mountain. You know, the disciples kind of, they're crying out, help us. And what does Jesus do? He draws near to them. And he grabs hold of them to say, look, I'm here. I'm not going to let you sink. And he's saying to them, fix your eyes on me again. Look to me. Don't look to what's going on all around you. You have to look at me. And so they fix their eyes on him. And what does, they do, what does Jesus do next? He begins to reassure them. He begins to speak into their lives. And he tells them three things. And the first thing he tells them is that I have authority on, in heaven and on earth. And the authority of Jesus is a major theme in the Gospels. The disciples saw this from his teaching. Everyone declaring that he taught with authority. His miracles showed his authority. He had the authority to forgive sins. He even had the authority to send the disciples out a little bit earlier when he sent them on that mission trip. But now he's saying it goes even further. 
I have authority, not just on earth, but also in heaven. And Jesus isn't going to abuse that authority like so many people do. How do we know this? Because he gave his life for a ransom for everyone. He died for us all. And that's why we can put our trust in him. It's not an abusive power like so many people have. It's an authority that brings freedom. The Pharisees, they thought they were in control and they could stop this movement. The Romans thought they had all the power and they could do whatever they liked. How wrong they were. Jesus reminded his disciples that he is in control despite all that is going on. And he made them aware that he is now going to share that authority with them. And he begins to speak to them about the next stage of this plan and the mission that was going to be launched through them. And just like Jesus called them, he's also calling us. Jesus wants us to bring his life-giving love into a world where there is hatred, where there is corruption, where there is greed, where there is anger, and every other form of wickedness you can imagine. And that is what he's calling us to do. Will you go out and do it? And then he turns to his disciples and says, this is what you need to do. You need to be willing to go and step out into the world and do this and take my love. Step out in the confidence that I am with you and I am in control of everything under heaven and on earth. And go simply means to pursue the journey on which you have started and to share that good news wherever you go. And we are basically doing what Mary Magdalene did. You know, that woman who everyone thought was a nobody. You know, Jesus said, I want you to go. And she gets up and she goes and she goes to the disciples and gives them a message of hope. And then we see what happens with the disciples. They go. And we are called to go. You know, we're called to bring people hope. Telling them that Jesus can speak into your life. And he will deliver you from whatever mess you may find yourself to be in. And so who are we called to go to? And the answer is simple, everyone. No one's left out. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. No one is to be left out. This message is for all. No matter who you are, what you've done, no matter how bad life may, may be right now, it's for you. Romans says, when, where sin increases, grace increases all the more. You know, no one can go beyond the grace of God. And then as we go, what are we called to do? We're called to make disciples. And a disciple is someone who is willing to learn from Jesus and willing to follow Jesus. And so we're called to go along and draw alongside people and teach them what Jesus teaches. Just like Jesus did on the mountain, he drew alongside his disciples. And we're called to help them to imitate what it means to follow Christ, to help them to grow in their faith and their love for God. But as well, on top of that, for us to be able to do that, we have to be willing to be taught ourselves. Are you being discipled? Are you being, allowing Jesus to teach you? You know, we have to be discipled. We have to be willing to spend time with Jesus ourselves. And then we have to be willing to accept everything he says. Not just the little bits that we like, but we need to, a wholehearted commitment is what he's looking for. You know, to love our enemies, to forgive people, to not be first, but to be last. And the disciples, kind of, they're in. They want a part of this. They want to go. But there's one more thing they need to learn. And that thing is so important that we all need to know and we all need to understand. 
And it's the words, behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And the behold, he's saying, look at me. You have to look at me. You have to realize that you might not see me, but I am with you. I'm never going to leave you. You know, the presence of the resurrected Jesus is going to be with you forever, wherever you may go. And so I'm going to come, draw to a close, so if the band kind of make their way up. Because for me, the best part of the story is that it doesn't stop at that moment. The disciples head back down that mountain and they complete that 80-mile journey back to Jerusalem, that place where they're hiding in fear of all that was going to happen to them, hiding, worried about life. And this time, though, they go up the stairs into that upper room and they get on their knees and they begin to pray. Pray in the confidence and in the knowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, that he has risen from the dead, that he has authority over everything. And that he has been calling them to be a part of this mission. And that he will never, ever, ever leave them. And so all of these promises are for us as well. And he wants to pass them on to us. And he wants us to know that. And the question is, do we accept it? Are we willing to be a part of this? Are we willing to go? Are we willing to be like Mary and step out, even though we may feel like we are no good and have these kind of thoughts that everyone around us may be thinking? But she went. Are we willing to take that message of hope to those around us? That message that Jesus is risen, that message that he has authority over heaven and earth, despite what may be happening around us, that message that he will never leave us, and that message that he wants all of us to be a part of this mission. And so we're left with that. Are we willing to step out and go and say, okay, God, let me take some hope to someone today. And so we leave it with us. It's like, are you willing to go back down that mountain and go? It's down to us. And you are his kind of plan A. There is no plan B. Oh, so, yeah. so I'm going to pray. And if there's anything today that's kind of on your heart, if you're struggling with doubt or fear or hesitation, then don't leave here today without someone kind of praying for you. Let someone pray for you. If you're kind of thinking, I want to go, but I'm scared. Like, how could God use someone like me? Then let someone pray with you today. Or if you're just kind of feeling, God, I just don't feel like you're here. I don't feel like you're with me. Then let someone pray with you because he is. He's all these things that we need to know. And he doesn't want you to leave here today without knowing that. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to hand over to the band. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for the promises that are found in this passage. God, I thank you that you do have authority over everything. Lord Jesus. Help us to understand that more, God. You know, there are over two trillion stars in the sky. Help us to just get a glimpse of what your authority means. Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, that you have called each and every one of us to step out and go. But at times it's hard and at times it's scary, God. Help us to remember those words, God, that you are always with us. Wherever we may go, God, wherever we may find ourselves, that you are with us, Lord Jesus. And for those today who are doubting, who are struggling to believe that you rose from the dead, Lord Jesus, will you come to them? Will you draw near to them and show them, Father God? 
And as we go out from here today, God, show us where you want us to be going. Show us the people you want us to be drawing alongside and bringing hope to, Lord Jesus. Always remembering that you are ahead of us and you have a plan to draw them out of whatever circumstance they may find themselves. So God, we just want to come now and worship you like those disciples did on that mountain.